Ben of the Great Escape Minute, the daily podcast where we dig into the Great Escape one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and once again, to finish off the week, joining me today is Aaron Newworth, host of Out Now with Aaron and Abe, and a writer for We Live Entertainment. Welcome back, Aaron. You nailed it that time. Yay, we're good. Let's do this. Unfortunately, that's it. I'm not going to be able to say it anymore. Next, you know, next, next week, I won't be able to, to say it. I guess practice makes perfect. Wait, when you do your uh, minute by minute for uh, Ballistics X versus Sever, I'll be you'll be sure to get it right every single time. I imagine so. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen, but good luck when you do hey, it. I'll, n- I'll never, be your guest. never How's say that? never. <laughs> no, for this, there's certain things I can say never. <laughs> or let's let's put it this way: there's there's a lot of other movies that that I would do beforehand. How's that? Before I would get what that. I'm hearing is it's on the list. <laughs> <laughs> You're hearing that that it it. It's a movie I've never even heard of, so it's not even on the list. <laughs> you know, like I said, when you do it, I'll, I'll gladly come in and spend a week talking with you about it. How's that? That works, too. Do we have a deal there? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to hold you to this. All right. <laughs> You're going to get an email one night. You're like, oh, no. <laughs> no, no. I, I, don't, I don't get scared about that. You're, you're Good. I'm, I'm willing to take you up on that challenge. How's that? Got it. <laughs> All right, well, minute 110 starts with Roger checking in and goes all the way till Roger begins his roller coaster ride through the tunnel. I guess he's he's back at Blackpool also. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Imagining he's back in, back in Blackpool. <laughs> uh, for those who don't know what Blackpool is, listen to yesterday's episode. I was going to say, that's just a fun call back to yesterday. There you go. <laughs> well, because I, I want to make sure that people are paying attention. They're not just showing up in the middle and, you know, they... There's there's continuity here also. <laughs> We're not skipping yeah, around. Damn straight. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Basically, we we continue the uh, the end of the scene from from yesterday, where Roger shows up. Roger and Mac show up in in the uh, room to check in. What's interesting is is that he mentioned he goes Bartlett, McDonald, and Ashley Pitt. Now, Ashley Pitt was already waiting there. <laughs> you know, we we talked about him in, in, earlier this week, where I think it was even on Monday where he was sitting looking at his watch standing next to, next to Soren. So, you know, why at this point is, are they mentioning him that he's being checked in? Which is, which is you know, an interesting way of doing that. I guess actually they'd have to wait because he's also, they, they've got high numbers. You know, these, these are the, 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 the top three people that are supposed to be going out. So, yeah. So it's just funny that, that uh, you know, Ashley Pitt was standing there the whole time and now he's, he's checking him in. I guess mm-hmm. Ashley Pitt can't be checked in until Bartlett and McDonald are checked in. How's that? You know, there's a pecking order. <laughs> I, I yeah, whatever makes it work in their their big scheme of things as far as their British efficiency of handling things to make exactly. make it all click together. Something I want to note um, for this one in particular because I just noticed it more in this scene of the scenes we've been doing all week. Um, Bernstein's score um, is incredible, obviously, but um, in this sequence, like in this minute, it felt like. This is stuff that would have influenced John Williams in the years to come. Like, there's just something about the way it's put together where it it reminded me of what a John Williams score would be later on. Uh, not in the kind of heavier, bomb, not necessarily bombastic, but bombastic way, but more I'm just like the way he can score quieter moments or, uh, you know, dialogue-driven scenes or just like moments that don't require, you know, the big bombast necessarily, but just like, you know, how he tends to, Put on a put some things together. It just reminded me of Williams. That was that was yeah, the thing. Yeah, no, no, hundred percent. I mean, yeah. the, the, 
the, the score, as we discussed earlier this week, the score of this movie is, is superb. I mean, in, in a few weeks, uh, one of my guests, she's a music expert. She's got a PhD in music, so hopefully she'll have a lot to explain about uh, mm-hmm. the way that the music works in this, in this whole uh, film on a whole. I mean, I've heard different rumors about the fact that, you know, I'm, I'm not enough of a music expert to, to know, but the rumors I've heard is, is that every single one of the characters has their own uh, sub-theme. Theme? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, would be surprising. Which, yeah, at least for like, John this... Williams does that too. I mean, a, yeah. he, he doesn't do it for every character, but he does do it for the main characters. Yeah. This movie just has a lot more main characters, I guess. You know, you don't hear in and Empire it... Strikes Back uh, Lando's theme. You know, it's, mm-hmm. <laughs> you have, you, have uh, you know, Luke's theme, Leia's theme, Vader's theme, obviously, you know, sometimes Han's theme, but, uh, you know, so you, you get a characters. Cl- uh, you get you get a Cloud City theme. Regardless, this this movie score is just excellent. But I just it just felt like very notable uh, here in, the, in this minute that we we're talking about. Yeah. And um, also just like watch because I watched the whole thing recently just so I could be you know fresh on it again. In addition to watching these individual scenes, how this score wasn't nominated for an Oscar is beyond me. <laughs> like it's it's a bit like how there weren't so many Oscar nominations for this movie is beyond me. But the fact that the score wasn't is like, this is so iconic. Like, how do we not give this an award? Exactly. But whatever. There's no question about that. I've, I've mentioned that so many times. The only Oscar nomination it got was for film editing, and it didn't even win that. Uh-huh. And, again, the editing here is amazing. There's no question about it that. It is. Yeah. You know, it's easy to see why it was nominated. But, come on. That's something that, 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 that it should have won. I mean, Ferris Webster does, does an amazing job of, of editing this this movie, I mean, if you look at the Golden Globes, it only got one Golden Globe nomination, and that was for Best Picture, and it lost that one too. You know, it, it says a lot about, I guess, the, the the way that the Academy and and the HFSB, you know, nominated things back then, because I don't know, I, I have no idea what they're thinking. This this movie definitely deserves a lot more love than it gets when it comes to awards, and I'm still baffled that Tom Jones won Best Picture that year. You know, I'm I'm not a fan of Tom Jones, but this movie, in my opinion, is so much better. I mean, he has a great scene where he eats a lobster, but besides that, I mean, yeah, the best picture is like a bit of a stretch. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But uh, yeah, so we won't go into the whole uh, Oscar aspect of this because uh, it 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 just hurts too much. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, uh, the the three of them. Bartlett and uh, Ashley Pitt and Mac reach the door, and we get to see another one of the Stooges. He's looking through the peephole, just to make sure that nobody's paying attention to what's going on. And then, uh, you know, he quickly opens the door, and once again, you, you get to see the the blanket that's covering so that they don't see the darkness, and that's just great. Uh, you know, again, shows the detail of how they're doing this whole thing. Uh, and then they open up the door, and I love this. They, they walk across the compound, and then immediately the door across the way opens up. You know, it's, it's, it's uh, synchronized so well. You know, that, that, you know the earlier, earlier this week, we, we talked about the two different groups that went through. They had to walk around, you know, the barracks and hide on the side before they can go in. Here, it's just, okay, let's open the door here and open the door here. You're going to go down and then back up real quickly before the, the lights, you know, shines on the area. You know, just to add more to the suspense of the whole thing. You know, that, oh, they just missed them by a fraction of a second. Mm-hmm. Or you can look at it from the other perspective that they knew how to, they knew, you know, to count it. Question is whether the spotlight is something that's, that the, you know, the, the guard is doing on a, on a certain time differentiation, or it just, he thought he saw something moving there 
and therefore, you know, shot the spotlight on her. We shall never know. <laughs> and I, I love the fact that then they, 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 they show us in the, the next barracks where the three of them are showing are, are, are now walking through. And I love the fact that you see all of these prisoners, you know, in their uniforms or in their escape uniforms, you know, ready to go. They all have they all have amazing hats also. You know, like when when a few weeks, months ago when we were discussing you know, the whole idea of, of when Griffith was, was showing off all of the tailoring stuff that he was doing, they never mentioned anything about hats. And, like, this room looks like it's a room filled with, with 1930s gangsters because of the, all the hats, the way the hats are. You think there's a scrounger thing, or do you think uh, the other guy got him along with the I tailoring? I have no idea. I, I honestly... It seems, like, it seems like it could be a scrounger <laughs> yeah, like, thing. Like, <laughs> like you know, he could... Convinced, convinced the burner to like in a box of hats. Yeah, we need we need two hundred hats. You think you can handle that? Yeah. Can you make? Can you manage that? Yeah. We need some fill for the camera, by the way. Exactly. Yeah. No. So I'm assuming that Griffith does that. I, I, wonder if, I wonder if that's something that a tailor can do. But it's just it looks great. And maybe they maybe they just didn't talk about the fact that they had a haberdasher. You know. That's what I was saying. I was like, I don't know if a tailor can do what a haberdasher does. So I'm just curious, like if it's you know yeah, I guess, something something you I guess import that's something that they just didn't show us. You know, that part of the Big X organization was they had a haberdasher uh, on hand. You know, a haberdasher group that were. We're, we're gonna we're gonna rank the things that are missing from this film <laughs> as far as the things that we would have liked to see. And on top of the list is gonna be, was there a haberdasher? Exactly. <laughs> I'm going through the 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 novel the novel. Doesn't mention anything about it. Nope. Doesn't mention about the whole thing. But hats. Nope. They mentioned, they only discussed the, the Gestapo having you know, different hats. Are, are these the Gestapo type hats that they stole? <laughs> I don't know. It's Gestapo. If there was a scene where there's a bunch of like hatless Gestapo walking around, <laughs> maybe that'd be something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Maybe there is. That, that's a deleted scene. Yeah. <laughs> where, where they break into you know to a storeroom and, and and find 200 hats. Again, I love the fact that they have them walk through the entire uh, barracks. So just to give us more of a visual, as you said, show you can just show you don't need to tell. They they allow us to see how many men are waiting in this barracks to to go through and get out. Uh, you know to break out. Uh, and and they take the time. You know whether it's ten or twenty seconds to have them walk through the entire barracks so that we can see how organized this whole thing is and how ready they are. You know for them to get to the bathroom or the shower room or whatever you want to call it, where you see Cedric just sitting there waiting for them to show up. Now, if you if you look, you can see what I was discussing earlier this week about the the, the electrical cord that it you know it it goes in through the trap door itself. So you can again, it, it the detail here is just unbelievable that they thought to do this while filming it you know it's something not something that most movies would would think about that you need to to add in electrical wire to to try to show i mean it's something you can just take it as a given with a lot of things but here they they want us to know that okay this is definitely something that needs to be planned out properly. It's when it's it's hiring the right people, and you have John Sturges, you know, making a film like this. It's going to involve a lot of moving piece or whatnot. You have, I imagine, a bunch of production artists and what have you that are, you know, this is the only thing they get right. to do. So you know, they do the research and they do the thing they need to do. Like it's it's there. I don't. 
I don't know enough about Sturgis to know if he was like some kind of heavy taskmaster in the same way that other directors, James Cameron, uh, are uh, <laughs> as far as getting details right. Because uh, like Titanic is an epic that famously had all kinds of things that you just would never see right. that were there. Like, you know, drawer drawers that were filled with the actual kinds of clothing or sheets that you would have during the 1910s. I, I don't know if this movie is that kind of specificity, but I can imagine a production of this size where you have a huge cast, you have a lot of like, you know, time in between getting to certain things. You had a lot of people that are just building scenes and building sets like that, you know, have the right details uh, that are needed to give that a sense yeah. of authenticity. No and it does that. It adds. I mean, look at us now. We're talking about this, you know, 50, 50 60 years <laughs> later. And it's like, <laughs> I was right. I was right there. 50, 60 years. I did a good job. <laughs> but, um, um, you know, we're talking about it now, acknowledging the fact that, hey, the work was done and it really it, it stands out. It makes it makes the film better for it. Roger shows up at the trap, hands his bag over to Cedric. Then Cedric calls out Roger and he says, good luck, which is nice. Yep. You know. I wrote that down. To, to do that. Yeah. Uh, and what what still amazes me is that Roger's standing in, you know, he's, he, 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 he easily gets on the ladder. <laughs> you know, here you have a ladder that where, where the discussion mm-hmm. the whole time was is that this is a 30 foot, they're, they're digging 30 feet down. You know, but he's standing up. <laughs> so... He's he's pretty adept adept at standing yeah, for, on the ladder. <laughs> well, there's that. There's also the fact that like it's not really a hole, right? It's just probably just like a small platform <laughs> you can like duck into or something. So it's the kind of thing where we can acknowledge the production design and how great it is to see the electrical wires or what have you. But also the actors are you know maybe less concerned with the exactly. realistic physics of the scene and just more like hey we're just yeah I'm just acting with James Coburn right here I'm gonna say my line like it's just a little less about the oh yeah there's a, there's supposed to be a thirty foot hold out here also exactly <laughs> and then Mac Mac joins him and I love how Mac stuffs his uh, hat he like folds his hat up and puts it in his jacket pocket you know we were talking just before about the the gangster style hats you know he's he's folding it <laughs> it's not really the type of thing that you know it. He doesn't want to get it dirty, you know. He wants to have a clean hat, even if it has some wrinkles. Um, <laughs> you know, and they just go one after the other to just fall in. To, and then you have Ashley Pitt go down also, and then they 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 get down into into you know into the first way station, and and you have a guy look like he's rowing, you know, dealing with the the air pump. What what's interesting is, is I've I've seen the the, the pseudo sequel to this movie, The Great Escape Two, the untold story, which is based more on the, the the real escape than this one. This one is is more Hollywoodized than that one. And in that movie, when they show the the guy doing the pump, you see him really exerting himself, trying to to do the pump. This guy doesn't look like he's exerting himself very much. You know, he's just moving back and forth. Yeah. Well, <laughs> which movie are we talking about today? <laughs> which one? <laughs> So we get to see him, you know, doing the pump, and then the three of them get together, get get ready to have Roger get on the, the trolley, and then move himself uh, forward. I, I like the fact that he takes the bag and holds it in front of him. You know, I, I, my first thought if I was doing this was I would think that I would, you know, put put my bag under my stomach if it's a bag like that, but instead he's holding it out. You know, mm-hmm. he's. So it, it's, it's a little strange way to hold it, as, as we'll talk about next week. You know, you see that he's actually holding it the whole time, holding his hands out, which doesn't look very comfortable. 
be doing. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, you know, they're down there. They yeah. must have some kind of idea of what, exactly. the, what their I best think, position is for them. No, I think I think part of it is to show us, you know, that each of them have their backs. I think that's that's part of the idea yeah. here. You know, they're they're not going with nothing. They have something to to try to keep them. You know, to whether they're going to take their 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 rations or their compass or maps or whatever they they might have with them. You know, so they're they're carrying that down uh, through the mm-hmm. tunnel. Do you have anything else you want to say about this minute or uh, about the movie in general? Um, for one thing, I just you know, regardless of how they're positioned on these things, I like when people roll out on these little <laughs> these devices. It's it's fun. That's fun to see. It's fun adventure stuff. Um, on a general sense, I, I, I obviously we're talking about these you know minutes specifically, but I really do like this movie a lot. I am. It's neat that you're doing a whole minute by minute. Um, you know, podcast devoted to it because this movie is, it's just grand adventure. It's such a like, you know, for a movie about a prison escape where there's dramatic ways to take that, not that there's no drama in this, but it's certainly like, it's, it's just a really fun movie. <laughs> like, it, it does such a great, and I think that's, you know, we mentioned and you mentioned weeks prior, you said about it being like a heist movie as much as it is in a prison escape movie. And that really stands out as far as why this thing works so well because there's a lot of like moving parts that just have a, you know, a specific direction they need to go, a very specific objective. There's a, a lead villain of sorts that's involved in all of this. You have this great cast. Like, the whole thing just works together so well. So it's easy to see why it's, you know, regardless of its lack of Oscar nominations, it's still an American classic and one of the, you know, great films ever made. So just, yeah, you know. No question about that. Great movie. Great what, movie. What's, what's your history of uh, with the movie? Uh, it's nothing too complicated. I saw it first when I was in beyond seeing like clips and acknowledging that it exists early on i saw it in full when i was in college for the first time and that's you know <laughs> over a de- you know a, a long time ago at this point so i've just seen it on occasion ever since and have just continually acknowledged that it's yes one of the great movies so certainly one of the great war epics if you want to call yeah. it that right and, well one of the things that, that that i've mentioned many times uh is the fact that I think one of the reasons why this is is uh, such a well received movie is because of the tone. You know, despite <laughs> the 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 tragedy of this whole story, um, they keep the tone very light throughout most of it. I mean, come on, we've we've gone through 110 minutes of the movie so far, and we're in a prison camp, and there's been one character who's been killed. You know. That's it. Mm-hmm. I mean, any other movie that you can think of that's either a prison or, or a PW camp or something like that, you know, the, the, the death toll is usually much higher because the, the stakes are, are shown to be very high from, from a brutality aspect. But mm-hmm. here they're able to keep the, the stakes very high through the suspense of it all. But, yeah. But again, they, they still keep the tone at a, a low level. In order to still keep it palatable, I mean, uh, I'm not a fan of Nazis, but this movie is not filled with, you know, your typical Nazis. You have the Gestapo guys show up here and there and stuff like that, but it, it, it it's hard to say that that the Nazis here are really bad. You know, that they're treating the the prisoners poorly or anything like that. It's not, yeah, it's it occupies a certain you know it's 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 a certain time too when we're gonna go way off in this but like it's a certain time as far as how war movies used to be made before things kind of shifted gears with Vietnam where you you want to get this kind of big Hollywood appeal factor uh, to kind of 
you know, you want to show people like, yeah, there's this thing that's going on and it's important and big, but it's also fun and adventurous because we're America and we can do this, even though it's an international cast. <laughs> but um, you can get this thing going to like make it very celebratory because the evil is so clearly evil. We don't need to go into the extremes of how evil that is. That's just a given. So we can focus instead on the fun of all of this, which is why films like this and Bridge on the River Kwai, which is one of my favorites ever, um, or even like something smaller like Stalag 17 like they get they can get by on having this kind of looser tone compared to something that's far more you know dramatic and violent and what have you this is just works as grand adventure right I mean I I, 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 I mean I, I love also Stalag 17 and Kwai Kwai is also one of my all time favorite movies and, and mm-hmm. if you want to bet on something that I might do after this one Kwai is probably <laughs> very high up on that list I'll definitely be back on for that podcast. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> if 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 I get around to doing it, I first have to you know see how this one. Oh, you, you don't know if you can squeeze out uh, the, the uh, three three hundred episodes on Bridge of the River Kwai. <laughs> you don't know if it's, it's, you don't know uh, you, you it's, can add to your schedule. <laughs> um, the truth is, I, 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 if I remember correctly, Bridge of the River Kwai is even shorter than this movie. It's a little bit, yeah. It's like two forty seven or something like that. So exactly, so it's already. No, I mean, quiet. Yeah, it's two forty-one. Close. Sorry. Yeah. Not even two forty-seven. So we're talking, we're talking a, uh, about ten and a half minutes yeah. shorter. So, <laughs> but quiet is more brutal than it is. Yes. Yeah. And you got to take into consideration that quiet came out six years earlier. You know, because uh, David Lean doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't mess around. As John Sturgis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. All right. So, you have anything else you want to say uh, in general about uh, this movie? No, I, I'm I'm good. I, I champion you to keep pushing forward because this is good stuff. All right. Well, uh, I, that that is the plan. I still still have uh, about an hour left to go. Yeah, you know, it's only what is that sixty episodes? And it's all the boring scenes. No, actually, I, got, <laughs> I think I get a little more. Uh, I have sixty. Sorry, sixty-two episodes to go. So, you know, a little more than an hour. Uh, but we're good. Great. Well, thank you once again for, for joining me this week, Aaron. Happy to be here. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah. Maybe you want to tell people once again how they can get in touch with you. Sure thing. I host a podcast called Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I host that with my friend Abe. We talk about the weekly movie releases and other things. I write about movies at weliveentertainment.com. I write about Blu-rays and Criterions over at wisetoblue.com. And I put together some filmmaker interviews every now and then over at Variety. And I am on Twitter at Aaron's PS4. All right, great. And while you're doing that, you can go rate, review, and subscribe on any podcatcher you might be using to listen to this show. You can visit our Facebook group, The Cooler. Our Twitter account is GreatEscapeMXM. Our website is TheGreatEscapeMinute.com. And our email address is TheGreatMinute at gmail.com. So, until tomorrow, tally-ho! Tally-ho!